if you if you can go out there and trust your judgment and trust your ability to interact with your customers, you can't delegate that. So if this is my business, they're going to see me, they're going to talk to me, they're going to understand that this is this is Bob's place. So if you like people and you like what you do, run with it. If you'd rather not talk to people and you're just looking at something to make money, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't recommend it. Welcome to East Idaho Entrepreneur's Podcast. Inspiring stories from local people and businesses you likely already know and trust. Here is your host, third generation family business entrepreneur, Renee Oswald. Welcome back to another episode of East Idaho Entrepreneur's Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me to learn about our another local business. You guys, on this show, I interview business owners, entrepreneurs, and influencers and share their origin stories. I love them because these stories are so inspiring and it also helps us to get to know our neighbors better. So today, I get to interview an East Idaho businessman who has brought the joy of golfing to our area year round. So welcome Bob Gretz of Bob's Indoor Golf to the show. Thank you, fun to be here. Well, we're excited to hear about this. It's surprising to me that you were kind of the pioneer um, with bringing one of these to East Idaho. I, I wasn't the first one with the idea. I know that from speaking with people. Um, but I guess I was the first one who was able to get the bank together and <laughs> the, right, the right lease and make it happen. Yeah. All right, so tell us a little bit about Bob, Bob's Indoor Golf, Bob. Tell me where you're located. And what exactly does Bob's Indoor Golf offer? We're located in Centennial Square, right across from the Grand Teton Mall in Idaho Falls. Um, one of the advantages we have is, is picking up this building or this piece of property, which used to be the, um, the Halloween store for a few years. Uh-huh. Hancock Fabric before that. So it's a large 11,000 square foot, kind of funny shaped room that I could do whatever I wanted with. Yeah. So it was originally an idea to have one or two simulators, maybe three, and a little restaurant turned into, well, I can put a putting green here. Um, we can do cornhole, um, darts, and have five simulators or four simulators, whatever we want size-wise. So that really worked out well. We got a, a good deal on the lease and allowed us to put a lot of stuff in at first so that when people walked in, they said, wow. This is more than I thought. Yeah, which is exactly what I did when I walked in. I'm like, oh my gosh, this place is huge. Yeah, it's funny. It's a retail. It's 11,000 square foot of retail with four windows in the front. <laughs> so it's kinda, a little deceiving. Hard to move. Uh -huh. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, so there's obviously golf simulators. Tell me a little bit about the simulation. And I am not a golfer, so you're going to have to really educate me today, Bob. <laughs> like why? Obviously, we can't be on the course all year round. But why is this so cool? One of the reasons it's so cool is because of this market, I think. Um, when my wife informed me that we were moving here um, about a year ago, I took a look at the golf situation because I'm an avid golfer. Um, and looked to see how many indoor golf facilities they were because I, I knew... You were going to need you know, it. <laughs> yeah, long winters and all that good stuff. Um, I was surprised to find really nothing. So I just started hunting around a little bit um, and, and looked at some numbers, and there are 6,000 regular golfers in Idaho Falls. And the number of rounds they put in in the seven month season is really big. Yeah. So I figured there had to be a need somewhere to put in a, a winter golf facility. And went to work, talked to people, and, and yeah, that, that's really what it is. This, this market drives it. It has to have a combination of a lot of golfers and a fairly long winter, and you can make the numbers work. And you had it. 
Yes. Well, you know, it's interesting when you talk about a lot of golfers. I have a brother who is an avid golfer, ended up moving to St. George because he couldn't quite feed his need mm. enough here. But he, he was every day that he could be on the course. So there are people like that, that like plan their life around golfing every single day. My wife will confirm that, yes. <laughs> because you are one of them. I am one of them. <laughs> so you said something about your wife. Your wife informed you that you were moving here. So tell me a little bit more about that story. Where did you relocate from? We were in Washington, D.C. Um, and her, her request started out with, honey, five years ago you said we were going to go, excuse me, um, 15 years ago, you said we were going to go back east for five years, build a company, sell it. And it's been 15. And it's 15, yeah. yeah. I've done my time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, I want to be closer to my parents. They're, they're getting older, and we have four, we have five grandsons. Um, so they're all they're all in the West, and I really didn't have a good argument for. Her. You were like, yeah, I, you have put done your time. It's time yep. to go back. So, y all of your family was out here. Did you have family here in Idaho Falls? Why Idaho Falls? Yeah, one daughter and two grandsons and a son-in-law in Idaho Falls, and yeah. they've been here for a while, and I don't think they're ever leaving. Debbie likes the my wife likes the small town feel of it. Um, easier pace. No five-hour traffic jams like there are in Washington. Yeah, right. Is that, has that been the biggest difference that you've seen coming from Washington to here? Washington, yeah, D.C.? It, it really is. Um, you have to plan your life around when you're going to leave and how to get to places. And here, I don't think I've found a place that's longer than 12 minutes away. Yeah. <laughs> and you hear all of us complaining about, yeah. gosh, I have to drive. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yes. we got nothing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it used to take me an hour and a half to get to the freeway. And that was eight miles. <laughs> wow. So, yeah. That's crazy. We can't even comprehend that. No, it's just ridiculous. It's, it's not a bad thing to be away from. Yeah. So what do you think of Idaho Falls? I, I like it. I like the people. The people are, are, are a lot of fun. They've been very helpful. Um, you know, I've had a bunch of guys chip in and just help me when I needed help moving something or setting up a new machine. Um, they love their golf uh, and they love to hit the ball a long way. They get angry if the simulator doesn't cooperate with that. <laughs> yeah, it's the simulator's fault, of course. Oh, it's not theirs. Yep. Yeah, never user error. <laughs> okay, well, tell me a little bit about your history. Um, have you run businesses <clears throat> before? Was this something that you had thought? Uh, now, I mean, obviously, you have, you're a little seasoned. You've had some life. And so was this what you thought you'd be doing at this time in your life? Uh, no. No, I worked for Corporate America for... 35 years, 30 years, um, in the garbage business, always in the garbage business. Yeah. Um, the last, our Washington, D.C. was a group of us got some venture capital money together, bought some companies, and built it up and sold it. So I've always done that. Um, I've always regretted not doing my own garbage company. Um, so when, when Debbie said we were coming here, I said, well, I'm not going to sit around for five months in the winter and look at Wallace. She said, well, go do something then. So that's when the research started, and we have put, uh, uh, put our daughter Ginger to work looking for places while we were doing the transition, and um, it just started looking more and more like fun. Yeah. Um, probably should have paid more attention to numbers, but <laughs> it's still fun. Yeah, but here you are. You've yeah. made it happen. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that it's, it's an interesting way to move into, you know, people usually move south, like to go golf and in their retirement and later. And you've come to Idaho to help us be able to do that. So that's awesome. Well, thank you. And I've really gotten more people that have said, thanks for doing this, than why are you doing this? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, and there's just, I've, I've had no fewer than 10 people come up to me and say they had a full business plan. And damn it, you did this. Oh, seriously? Yeah. 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 So. 
So yeah. Yeah, it's, a, it's a good thing in a good place. Um, and, and like I said, the people are fun. I've been, we've been, we are 12 hours a day, seven days a week during the winter and have not had one incident of language or fighting or anything. Everybody just gets along and comes near to golf and, and play cornhole and stuff like that. Well, so that, is golf kind of a, a contact sport out there in the world? Are people getting mad at each other? <laughs> it can happen. If people, <laughs> I yes. guess with any sport, huh? Yeah, yeah. You mix in, you mix in beer in the, in the, in the oh, equation, yes. and you never know. But yes. Everybody's been great here. So, do you serve drinks here? Tell we me do. about. We have, we have a beer and wine license. Okay. And we have a small restaurant that puts out uh, pub food. I, I'd call it. Yeah. And wings and pulled pork sandwiches and things like that. Yeah. Yeah, so you can come and have, do you do like date night things or is this serious? Do you have to come and be a serious golfer? No, I mean, you, you, do you have people that come in here for an hour and practice with one club and they, they prefer quiet? Um, but you have four guys that come in here. Um, we, we, have, we call them the A-team. Four, four kids, I call them, because they're a lot younger than I am. And they, they, they run a framing company. But when the weather's bad or, or they get off work early, they run in here and they play 18 holes as fast as they can. and. Um, there's a lot of fun to be around. So it's a bunch of everything. Yeah, yeah. So even for me, novice never really picked up a club. I could come in here and not be shamed. Yeah, the, the worst part about public golf, I think, if you're trying to learn how to golf, is the constant feeling of someone behind you staring you down and saying, why are they out here? Yeah, why <clears> did it take you 12 times to get to that hole? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and you're supposed to rake the bunker and hurry up. And it's just it's stressful. So we've done... Um, We've actually started something called Wine and Wedges, where we start, the, we start the evening off with a glass of wine, and it's generally ladies who would like to learn how to play golf without the stress of doing it outside. And we've just finished our first one, got great reviews, they had a good time, they improved 300% in just, with just two hours of instruction, yeah. or three hours of instruction. And two of them went and told their husband they were ready to go out and golf with them. I so love it. mission accomplished. I love it. Okay, well there's hope for people like me then. Maybe, because you know, a lot of my friends golf, and there are a lot of community golf tournaments and things that I, you know, have to bow out of. But maybe you've given me hope that I could actually, I could be a player. One of the ladies was in here specifically because she's a businesswoman. Yeah. And she gets invited to golf tournaments, the, the scramble tournaments, right? Where right. It's, it's four of you. And she wanted to not embarrass herself. <laughs> yes. Amen, sister. Yep. I can totally feel where you're at. Um, okay, well talk to me a little bit about how you were able to, it's fascinating to me that you're clear over in DC and you're planning this business. How do you do that remotely or did you, or did you wait until you got here? What did that look like? It was just a little of both. Primarily we needed to find a place to house what we wanted to do. And it had to be in an area that was um, relatively upscale because it's not, it's not expensive, but it's not cheap to do this either. Yeah. And, and we wanted to be able to present a good product. So it was looking in different areas of Idaho Falls for a place to house this. And this really was the, um, the last look on the last day. We'd gotten a little, a little um, depressed because we couldn't find the right combination of square feet and price yeah. and make, make the numbers work. Um, Ginger, our daughter, said, um, you know, the, she says, well, I saw a sign go up by the mall a couple of days ago. I think it's a new leasing company. It's the old Halloween store. What do you want to do? It's, it's on Friday afternoon, it's rainy, I got to catch a plane in two hours. And, and I said, let's go look. So there's a number on there, we called it. Um, and I'll, I'll put his name out there, Randy Waters was the agent. And he, um, he, he said, well, I'll be right there. And to get an agent on, at 3.30 on a Friday afternoon on a rainy day. That's impressive. He opened the doors. We it's got, because he couldn't be golfing. Let me just, no, I'm just there kidding. You go. <laughs> 
Um, <laughs> but he opened the door, let us in, and, and kind of let it be known that the, the owner would like to move this property, make me an offer. So we did, and um, it was went quite good enough. Um, but we, over the next couple of days, we hammered it out and made it work. Yeah. So all of a sudden, I've got, um, I've got a signed lease, because it's important to me to have a signed lease. I don't have bank financing yet. Uh, You're just taking a leap of faith. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, it's, um, I've always been that way. I think if you treat people right, you get treated right. Uh-huh. So, what is yeah. it called? Ready, fire, aim? Is yeah. that what it is? Yeah. yeah. Ready, fire, uh -huh. aim. Yeah. Yeah. Or karma. Whatever you like. <laughs> um, so we had this, this palette to work with and um, just started ordering things in on faith. Uh, got the bank, got a, got a letter from the bank. Um, Dean Evans Bank was very cooperative with us. Um, the only bank that, that took a look at it for what it was, understanding the golf market. Yeah. I, I knew when I went to banks to pitch the idea, I had to find golfers. Because if you looked at this on paper and didn't know anything about golf, you'd be nuts to finance it. Got it. But if you know golfers and how much they like getting out, it made sense. Mm -hmm. So um, all that just kind of started working at the same time. We got the big putting green in North Carolina. And... Um, it, it, it's quite large. Does it come in? Did it come in pieces? It's a three-layer jigsaw puzzle. Oh wow! Is what it is. Interesting. Yeah. It's um, one. One of the greens has a lot of undulations and and um, hills. The other three are meant just for practice. They're dead straight. Got it. So yeah, my, we uh, we got about halfway through it and it wasn't looking right. So I called my son-in-law in Colorado. Said, Can you come out here and help? Really? He's an, he's an engineer. <laughs> oh yes. An architect. I'm sorry. Might as well be an engineer. He's just bright that way. He came in toward all part. And, um, and said, you need to put it together this way. And rebuilt it and uh -huh. put it in the right place. So, yeah, it was, yeah it's, that's it's been a little family affair. A lot of friends have come in. Those pallet walls you see back there was a buddy of mine out of Oregon. Just, just came for the weekend and started working. Just excited yeah. to see what you're doing. Yeah. yeah. Isn't that great? Yeah. I love it. Well, that was, that was one of my questions about your family and how they have been involved. Obviously, you have a daughter here. Um, is she involved in the business? Yeah, she's um, she's a she's a part time. She does the books. She interfaces with our accounting company. She's a mother of two, so it's um, the flex schedule. Yeah, right. Thank yeah. you. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's just, it, so it works out really well. She when she needs to work, she works, and when she's got to take care of the kids, she takes care of the kids. Yeah, and your wife is now close to her grandbabies. This is true. Yes. My, my it's wife win -win. Did, My wife walked in here one day and said, "These walls are horrible. I need to I need to paint them." So she did all the artwork on the walls that you, you look at the murals. She did. Yep. Yeah, they're darling. Well, that's pretty cool that you have a talented family that can pitch in because if it would be my place, those walls would still be white. <laughs> yeah, I had a lot of pictures hanging off me if it was me. Yeah, it yeah. looks really good. Well, did you come from an entrepreneurial family? Why did you think you, do you, you know, did you have this in your genes? No. No, I just think I'm smarter than other people. So. <laughs> well, that <laughs> no, helps. Just, it, just, it, it was a time in my life I'd worked for companies for a long, long time. And the older you get, um, I think there's that feeling that they appreciate your, your knowledge less than younger people. So that's life. Yeah. Um, so I decided I did this. I didn't really want a partner. I just wanted to do it and feel you know, sink or swim. Yeah. Yeah, well, so far. So do you feel like it was immediately <clears throat> successful? Is it still growing? Where are you at with this? I wish I knew. Um, <clears throat> the first winter was better than we anticipated. We started off a little bit slow, but then we had a, a long fall. And once winter hit, and, and by mid-February, we were, we were tw seven days a week and pushing 12 hours. So very pleased with that. And then the COVID thing hit. And um, 
everybody expected that to be three weeks or a month. Um, so we signed up a bunch of summer camps for kids. We've got uh, multi-sport capabilities on the simulators. So we were going to do sports camps as well as golf camps. Um, and um, everybody had signed up for the camps as this kept going, unsigned up for the camps. Oh, yeah, darn it. So we're just doing day-at-a-time things right now, uh -huh. um, trying to get people in. And we've got ladies' night, and we've got cornhole night. And we're, we, money's coming in, but not obviously not like we thought it would be. So what, if we make, when we make it through this summer, which we will, um, we expect this winter to be really good. Yeah. Yeah, you had some momentum, and then we all got a gut punch with COVID hitting us. Yep. And, it, and, and it's, you know, this, if you look at this whole mall right here, this, this little strip center that it is, you've got Seagull Books, which is just watching the foot traffic is, is down quite a bit. Yeah. You've got Thrift Store. You've got a buffet that's only been open half the time. Yeah, um, right. Everybody's suffering. Right. And we're just, I think what everybody, what it's done is everybody's really looking hard at buying local. And we did that coming in, knowing that we were from out of state, and we, we needed to buy local. But now you're seeing everybody look at their neighbors and own businesses and say, i got to buy from him. Mm -hmm. um, the, the big nationals can worry about themselves. So I hope so. I yeah. really do hope that's true. That I've seen a big turn myself, just people wanting to, wanting to help local businesses out. Yeah, because we don't want to lose you. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone wants me to be here in the winter. Yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> okay. Well, let's get Bob through this summer for sure, you guys, because we need to have him here. So, tell me a little bit about how it works. You talked about the summer camps and and offering things for kids, but primarily this is more of an adult space. Yes. And so, do you sell memberships, or is it I come in and just purchase when I'm here? How does that work? Um, we have a basic menu of services, and then we'll listen to any good ideas that you have. Um, we're, you know, we're new. I'm new. Um, so there's been, they've helped us out a lot with some of these, these ideas. Idaho Falls has a season pass for their the public for golf, golf courses. Mm -hmm. um, $600, I believe it is, and you can golf unlimited. So we were encouraged to offer that, and we did. And we had, I think, 20 of them last year. Um, and I'm going, what I'm doing is going to back to those guys now and saying, you, you want to prepay a little early? I'll give you a little break. Yeah, right, 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 <laughs> right. Um, so you have everything from an annual pass down to a season pass. We have memberships that are monthly memberships where you can come in and do everything except the simulators um, with your monthly membership. Um, and then people just walk in and pay. And when I, if I did the monthly membership, does that include cornhole? Yes. Okay, so we have to talk about the cornhole just a little bit. We sure do. I, I'm, I'm gearing up next week, well, a week from when I'm, we're recording this, I will be at my family reunion and we have a cornhole tournament, uh, Oswald Family Cornhole Tournament, and we take this seriously. Yes. So I could come and practice here is what you're saying. Yes, you can. Yeah, so talk to me a little bit about that. <clears throat> the East Idaho Cornhole League, or association, um, came to us four months ago, I think, four, three or four months ago, and said, would we be able to use that space back there for some practice and maybe a couple, couple of events? And I talked to them a little bit and, and talked with the people I was working with here, and they knew them. I said, yeah, they're good guys. So he said, yeah, come on ahead. And they asked how much. And I said, just come. You know, use eat, the space. Yeah, eat my food and drink my drinks, and, and you can use the space. <clears throat> so they turned out to be really good guys and gals. And some of these gals are very good cornhole players. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, they keep it clean. They come in every Thursday. They come in every Thursday night now. I'm hooked. <laughs> are you hooked? Oh, yeah. Were you not a cornhole person before I had before never this? heard of cornhole except for cornholio. <laughs> Um, oh, we could talk about that totally separate, but yes. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I knew, we call, call it different things, beanbag toss and everything. But yes. 
didn't know the strategy and, and how serious it can be. And so I've, I'm, I'm here every Thursday. I'm, I'm part of the deal. Do they do, do, they do lessons? Or I've, do you have I've, to? I haven't seen lessons. I know. I, won't, I need some lessons. I can help you. Okay, good. After this, you're going to set me up. You got I it. I love it. I need some strategy because usually I'm eliminated in about the first round of our family things. So <laughs> whatever you can do for me, Bob. Well, that's fun. Yeah, I think um, the space is really nice. And what I also understand is that you, if I have a company and I might want to do a team building retreat or even just have a space to have a meeting, you have, you can accommodate all of those things, correct? Right. We had to cancel four meetings, our four team building events when the COVID hit. And it really was the corporate office that told them to Said stop. you can't come. Yep. Uh -huh. um, so we can accommodate up to 80 people. Okay. Um, but we do a room that has a seating for 25. And what we like to do is they, they take the room for an hour. We have a monitor in there. They set up their stuff, talk about their P&L, their sales reports and all that. And then turn, turn their folks loose for the next two or three hours to play golf, to putt around, to play cornhole. And it really works out well because it's a great way for employees to get to know each other on a, a much more personal basis. The time flies, you're not looking at the four hotel room walls. Um, and generally we can do it for a lot cheaper because I don't have corporate overhead to worry about. Yeah, that's awesome. Plus you can feed us. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, okay guys. So when you want your next corporate meeting offsite, you need to talk to Bob. I love that. Um, okay, so I imagine that starting a business from scratch comes with some challenges. What would you say, you know, what are some of the challenges that you've been faced with that you've had to overcome starting this business? <clears throat> uh, the first, uh, the first um, beer and wine license we got restricted us to that corner room. Oh, what? Yeah, it wasn't going to work. Our, our little things you don't know going in. Yeah. If you have beer and wine and food, it has to be a place where people come to eat and, oh, by the way, there's beer and wine. It's not a place where people come to drink, and oh, by the way, there's food. Yeah. And it's a, it's a subtle difference, but it's a real difference. And that would have been a business killer. Yeah. So we had to go back and retool our kitchen and retool our menu, and then represent it to the Alcohol Beverage Commission, and, and it passed. Thank goodness. Yes. That would have been a... <laughs> kind of a deal breaker. Tragic. Yes. yes is, uh -huh. is the best word. Um, and then just all the little things about... Run, I, I was lucky enough to run businesses for the time that I was there, so I knew that... You have to have positive cash flow. Um, so we, we, going in, we made sure we were, we were okay that way, just how we structured our, our, um, the loan and everything. And then from there on, it's, it's understanding the, the, uh, the, um, the demographic that you work within. This is a um, thrifty demographic is a good way to say it. Yes. Mm -hmm. um, so there's, there's price points that I didn't anticipate. Um, that they, I bumped up against. So we had to retool some of that mm -hmm. um, and look for more volume and less price, at least until we proved our product, I think. And, yeah, and right. really what we found was that the cost of going to the city facilities was about what people were going to pay to come in here, um, regardless of the fact that we have $200,000 worth of simulators and that, that didn't matter to them. It's just, um, here's what I'll pay for golf, whether it's indoors or outdoors. They're exactly the same. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So, so it's, it's those little nuances, I think, that you have to be on top of. And the good thing about being small and not having a, a board of directors is you can make changes quickly. Right. Um, by the hour if we need to. Yeah. So that's, that's been the, um, the fun and the heartache of it is, is you know, going in with assumptions. And sometimes they're right, sometimes they're wrong. 
So when they're wrong, is it your assumption that's wrong, or can you talk the market into shifting? Yeah. So in your first year, you're always wrong. Yeah, right. Yeah, I think <laughs> yeah, you, it's all about getting people in here because once they're in here, I think less than 1% of the people say it was worse than I thought it'd be. Most everybody walks out saying, that was a lot of fun, I'll be back. Yeah. So that's gratifying. I've got some really good kids working for me. Um, we've taught them that the, the customer is always right, as, as, as hokey as that sounds. If somebody leaves here and had a bad experience and they don't come back, then that costs us money. If they leave here and hit social media with it, it can cost a lot more money. So it's just being cognizant of how everybody's doing when they're in here, checking on them without bothering them. Um, and that, a lot of that's new to me, me as well. I did, I did training on it, but I didn't do it with my business. Yeah, so here it is right in your face. Oh, and, yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, glad I listened at least part of the time. <laughs> and you're like, oh, that actually does work, darn mm -hmm. it. I understand that. Yeah, the old adage of if somebody has a bad experience, they'll tell 11 people. It seems to be pretty close to accurate yeah. all these years later. Yeah. Well, I can't imagine you'd have a bad experience other than, again, user error, which you can't really fix. Well, you can have cold food. Oh, I guess that's true. Yeah. You can have uh, someone in the simulator next to you that's carrying on and, and using bad language. So we have to monitor that. Uh, yeah, there's, there's, there's ways to have a bad experience, but if, if everything's clicking here, it's really a lot of fun. Well, I'm glad that you're flexible and able to adjust to all of those little nuances and things that we're throwing at you. But I do appreciate the um, advice that you just gave around proof of concept. Sometimes we have to show that we are a valuable service and people want us. And I think that that has been something that has happened through COVID, you know, and some of the things we've taken advantage of or mm -hmm. for granted. Yep have now been taken away from us and we're, and I appreciate what you said about supporting local business. We don't want places like this to go away. So we've got to support you. Yep. Yeah. Now I understand that you have also been dealing with a physical challenge for about 10 years. About 10 years ago, you were diagnosed with Parkinson's yep. disease, correct? So I always find it very fascinating to hear the stories of how Overcoming physical challenges is also part of your journey because that, I mean, clearly you're you're running a business and you're doing all of this, but has that ever been something that you have felt like has been a barrier for you? No, no, um, but that's just not letting it be a barrier, I think, more than anything. Um, I, when you see me now and when you see me at 10 o'clock at night are two different people. I'm, when I, the end of the day comes around, I'm pretty worn out and I don't move around very well. Um, so I have to pace myself a little bit. Um, my wife says I don't pace myself near enough. Um, because you're a go-getter. You just are somebody has to go I just need to stay busy. I've always needed to stay busy. Um, I, you know, physically, when you look at me, I'm, I'm, I'm shifting around all the time. And I just, it's almost like everybody here knows it, understands it. It's really one of the most um, unbiased populations I've ever lived in. You know, for all the jokes about Whitaho and everything. It's just, <laughs> people here just, if you're, just be yourself and be a good person, they're, they're, they're cool. So. It's been good. I, they watch out for me. Um, I know they do. I, they, as the day wears on and I get into the evening, I, I know they're a little closer to me and making sure I don't fall down. It's, it's, it's nice. Um, yeah, it's a pain in the butt dealing with any kind of handicap. And, but it gives you, um, I think, a little look into how other people have to live. And there's always somebody that's worse off than you. Yeah. So, yeah, I got it. It's a, I hate it. Is it is <laughs> Wish it, it wasn't here, but it, it's here, and so I deal with it. Yeah. And it's probably been a frustration to your golf game. Well, you know, I've always been a bad golfer. <laughs> now you have an excuse. Yeah, I just, um, it's more of a concentration issue with me. Yeah, I don't believe that because we were practicing 
practicing, I put in quotation marks before we started this. Renee, who really has never picked up a golf club, could not make a putt that was 10 feet away. Let me just tell you that. But Bob, <laughs> you've got a pretty wicked swing. Once I get moving, everything's okay. Yeah. The, the, the journey up to that point is kind of funny to look at. Yeah, well, you're, you're rocking it, man. So thank you for your inspiration. No, that's, that's um, like I said, you've got to deal with the hand that's dealt you. Yeah, it's, it's great. Tell me about starting a business in the fact that I, I know that for myself and my own journey, you know, sometimes I wake up and I'm like, what am I doing? Like, why are we going through all this? And who am I to think that I could even do this? Do you have feelings of self-doubt ever? Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, when you go a week with no revenue, right after the COVID thing, and, and um, it's, you, you just go, hmm, how long is this going to last? Yeah. There's two things you can do, right? You can say, I give up. Um, it's somebody else's fault. Or, okay, what can I do differently to cut my expenses and get some revenue in? And, you know, the, the sad part was I had to let go of all, the, all my employees. Oh. Now, the good news is that most of them were part-time anyway. They, they worked at the golf courses and they were in here. But they're good kids, and um, we're, we're getting them back now. A little bit at a time. Um, we're doing more and more events. The cornhole night has actually um, got one person back working six hours a week. So, really? Yeah. Um, that's that's been the tough part. Yeah. Um, other than that, yeah, you expect ups and downs, and I think what we're finding is that the um, the banking community, the landlord, all those people understand where we are right now, and I don't think they want to lose us as tenants just because we can't pay for a couple of months. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, we've 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 paid on time the whole time, leading up to it. So I think there's that trust there, and and you know if, if he's got if the landlord has 30 properties, and 25 of them are struggling, then he's He's going to work through it with them. Yeah, right, because like, he's struggling. Yeah. Right, and then the, the back end of that is that when, when we come out of this, I will never be late with him. You know, yeah, there, yeah. There's just that you build a bond, I think, when everybody goes through tough times together. Boy, isn't that the truth. And, and it really has brought out either the very worst in us or the very, be the very best. And so it's nice to see that in most cases it's the very best. Yeah, yeah you're right. So are you a one-man show right now, Bob? Are you doing everything? Um, Debbie's helping with the kitchen. And that's your wife? Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she's helping the kitchen as is um, um, a young lady named, named uh, Jess Loyler, who's, I did, the, um, I did the unthinkables. I hired a sales and marketing person in the middle of this. Well, I think that's actually a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> she's, and so she's, her sole focus is bringing revenue and people in here. She's a go-getter. She's an Idaho girl. She's, she's a lot of fun. Um, yeah. And, um, so we're just, we're just banging ideas off each other's head, and she's the closer. Yeah. And sometimes she looks at me like, you want me to do what? <laughs> I say, just try it. Yeah, we might as well. Yeah, so we're, we're doing ladies' night. We're doing date night. We're doing um, trying to enhance the cornhole night, um, all kinds of things to get people in the door. Because, again, this is, a, this is a wave of people we haven't had in here before. So they're all coming out yeah. saying, wow, this is fun. I'll do this again. Yeah. And that's what we want to hear. We don't think we're going to make money in the next couple of months, but if we can get the, the facility out in front of people, um, that'll pay off in the wintertime. Yeah, yeah, I love it. All right, well, what, would you, what advice would you have for someone who's interested in self-employment if they were listening to this and thinking, Bob did this, I can do something? Yeah, it's, um, oh boy. <laughs> the, the corporate world is steady, it's safe. <laughs> yeah, and you it, get that paycheck every whatever. Paycheck every, yes. you, get, you get the benefits, um, you know, I, looking back, I, I wish I would have left that life earlier and done this, um, just for my own peace of mind. It, but everybody's different. If you if you can go out there and trust your judgment and 
trust your ability to interact with your customers. That's the thing. You, know, you, can't, you can't delegate that. So if this is my business, they're going to see me. They're going to talk to me. They're going to understand that this is, this is Bob's place. Yeah. So if you like people and you like what you do, run with it. If you'd rather not talk to people and you're just looking at something to make money, yeah, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't recommend it. Yeah, that's good advice. Well, and I, had, and I just had a thought while you were saying that. You, um, it's called Bob's Indoor Golf, which also stands for big, you right. know? I yep. think that's really a fun play on words. You did that intentionally, obviously. Yes, yes. Um, so a lot of people say, let's go to Bob's, or they say, let's go to big. Got it. Um, in the house, we say, let's go to big. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, um, that's been kind of fun. Yeah, and and the, only, the only downside is I've met so many people that I'm way behind on learning names. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I don't think we'll hold that against you, Bob, because oh. it's kind of impossible to, you, you know, I think the least of people's worries is where, whether you're going to remember our name You're probably not, right. So. Bob, it has been a pleasure to talk to you. I, um, I'm sure I've missed a bunch of stuff, but is there anything that you'd like to share with the listeners that we haven't had a chance to talk about? No, just um, come on down. Um, you'll, you'll like it here. It's got a great map. We, we, we try to have our business model that this is my backyard with my friends and their friends in it and come here and spend an afternoon, have a, have a couple of beers, a couple of sodas, play some cornhole, play some golf, and you'll, um, you'll find it's a pretty fun way to spend Sometimes you can bring your family down. Um, it's a very, fam very family-friendly place. Yeah, that's the best. So what do you think? Do you think that you're, we've converted you now? Are you an Idaho boy? Look at this beard. I know, right. I, I drive a hybrid. <laughs> I couldn't have a hybrid and no beard. I, I wouldn't survive here. <laughs> well, okay. Well, we'll adopt you as one of our own for sure. Great. Thank you so much for being on the show today. I can only imagine how opening this business has been a godsend for some East Idaho residents. So I think um, they're already wondering how they survived without you. So thank you for your story of overcoming barriers, taking on challenges and risks. And it's a lesson to me on how it's never too late to pursue your dreams and achieve great things. So no matter what those odds are, thank you so much. Well, thank you for letting me get that message out there. It's, a, it's been a pleasure and it's been a, it's been a fun experience for the last year and I hope I know next year will be better. Yeah, we'll have you for many years to go. I think so. Okay. You guys, as a reminder, this show is sponsored by Oswald Service and Repair with locations in Idaho Falls and Rexburg. If you're looking for a go-to mechanic shop that provides service with honesty and integrity, look no further. Come and let us, let our family take care of your family. Now stay tuned for the business leadership moment. It's now time for a business leadership moment on East Idaho Entrepreneur's Podcast. Hi guys, welcome to the business leadership moment. This segment is brought to you by RiseCon. RiseCon is an East Idaho business conference held every November. You can find out more about it at www.risecon.com and Rise is spelled with a Z. They also have a great sister event called RiseX. And there's so many wonderful things happening with that. It's hard to even explain what it is. But if you want to grow your own personal growth or if you want to grow your business, check out RiseX at www.risex.io. And I hope to see you at our next event. Okay, I want to talk to you today about changing. Um, it's an interesting time and I've been thinking about some of my own goals and how you know, with some of them, I feel like I've hit the wall. So I've been studying a few things about changing and making change in my life. And um, I ran across one of the stories, and maybe you have heard this story before. 
But if if not, um, the person that I want to talk about is Paul O'Neill. Paul O'Neill was the CEO of Alcoa. And if you're not familiar with what Alcoa is, that's the aluminum company of America. At one time, they were making everything that you can imagine that was aluminum from those little wrappers on candy kisses to bolts that go in satellites. And so in 1987, he took over as the CEO. And um, they were at a meeting where he was going to talk about what he was going to do with Alcoa. And he got up and he said that there was one thing that needed to happen and that he was going to focus all of his time and energy on, and that was worker safety. And that he didn't want one uh, any of his workers to miss even one day for injury because they had uh, several injuries happening in the company. And so he said this was what he was going to focus on. Um, he somebody asked him a question about profits and and all of this because that's what they expected him to talk about and he said profits do not matter as much as safety and of course everybody thought he was crazy um they called him you know like this crazy hippie that that the board has put in charge and they couldn't understand what he was doing well in studying what Paul was doing is he was looking at one He knew that changes had to happen at Alcoa, but you can't mandate people to change. And everyone, you know, anyone who's been a parent knows this. You can't mandate your kid to change. You can't, as a leader, you can't mandate the people you are leading to change. That has to come from within. But he knew that if he affected this one habit, which which we would call a keystone habit, that it could have positive effects on many other things within the company. And you think about it, if he focused solely on the employees and their safety and everything around that, um, if I was an employee coming to work for him, I would all of a sudden feel a sense of investment in the place where I worked, that they cared about me, and and I would be able to give that back. And I think Well, I don't think I know that's what he saw as he started implementing this. Um, It certainly paid off because um, one year later, the profits at Alcoa were a record high. Um, He had margins. I can't even, I don't remember all of the details about how many margins, but nevertheless, the guy was super successful as the leader of Alcoa. And I think he retired in like 2000. No, it doesn't matter. But he went on to be um, Treasury Secretary under the Bush administration, I think, um, and led the country through some pretty, you know, challenging times. So what I want to just point out here is when we're trying to make a change, just like Paul O'Neill did with Alcoa, we can get overwhelmed with the amount of things that we have to change. And so half the time, at least for me, I just don't do any of them. Um, but if you can pick one habit, pick one one change that ripples through everything that can really disrupt how everything is um, happening in your life, it can make such a huge difference. Changing one pattern 
can have a major chain reaction. And I think another good example of this is that that we can all probably re- re- relate to is exercise. When you start to exercise, it has multifaceted effect. So it affects clearly your health. You feel better because you're moving. Um, maybe potentially you lose weight. It improves your mood because you've you're out and about. And if you're losing weight, it improves your esteem because you're like, yeah, I'm feeling confident about this. It can improve your executive functioning because you're more clear-headed and probably on and on and on. So if that if you change that one thing, if you choose to, in this case, exercise, there's many things that improve related to that. And I think as we are going on to make changes in our lives, really think about those keystone behaviors that if we really worked on to change that one keystone behavior, how many things would change along the way? Um, If you do one habit, you do it consistently, and it has a multifaceted payoff, makes it a lot easier to continue to do that habit. So those were just some of the thoughts. I thought it was fascinating to learn about Paul O'Neill and how this crazy idea that didn't seem to do with anything with profit margins ended up being an amazing change that rippled through that entire organization absolutely caused a chain reaction. So find something in your own life that can be that keystone habit if you're wanting to change and just focus on it and see how the ripples go through your life. You got to commit, right? We have to commit. You can't just do it once or twice, but it feels a lot less intimidating to commit to one thing than it does to commit to 20. So good luck on if you're looking for a change or if you're trying to adopt a new habit, find that thing that can make a difference in many aspects of your life. Have a great week and we will see you back here next week. Thanks guys. Thank you for listening to East Idaho Entrepreneur's Podcast. Proudly brought to you by Oswald Service and Repair. For all your car care needs in eastern Idaho, let our family take care of yours. www.oswaldserviceinc.com